0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Clemson Athletics podcast. Don Munson, along with Bryson Nimmer, of course, a member of our men's golf team. If you've been following our men's golf team, you know how well this guy has been playing here as of late. Uh, back-to-back individual titles in the two tournaments that that uh, Clemson Golf has played in. I'll get to that in, in just a sec, but... Uh, you know, Bryson, for, for you, as, as you're involved with this men's golf program, you know what the expectations of this program are, where it's been built to. You know, Larry Penley, obviously, just an absolute legend in the, in the collegiate game. What is, it, what is it like to be part of all of this? I mean, it's awesome. Uh, this
1: being my senior year, so I've been here for a little while. And, you know, it's, it's just really special to be a part of it and just to be in the atmosphere. It's a group of really good guys. I think that's really important too. And um, some of my best friends, obviously, on this team.
0: And it's just a really good atmosphere, and they've built a really good culture here at Clemson. You talk about the guys, because mm-hmm. cause I'd like to hear you talk about that, because golf is such an individual sport, yeah. and yet you're still playing it in a team context. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough, I because mean, obviously
1: with golf, it's individual, like you said, so you're trying to beat everybody at that tournament, including the other four guys on your team. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not... Something that's normal for sports, but um, at the same time, just the way that each guy on the team handles it is really, really good. And I mean, you know, off the course we're best friends, and on the course we're trying to kick each other's butts. But that's good because that's what we need to be successful as a team.
0: Well, and you know, I've been around here, watched you all practice at this great facility that you all. Did. There's very few on-campus facilities like like we enjoy uh, here at Clemson. But it does seem like that the camaraderie that is there the competition level that is there. And there's a little bit of the jousting every now and then between the guys. It's, it's pretty yeah. fun to watch.
1: It is, yeah. We have a really good time. I mean, even just at practice. I mean, chipping contests and putting contests and, you know, just messing around with each other. And uh, it's really fun. like I said, I think that really – speaks, you know, on end for the culture here at Clemson.
0: And, and not just on the men's side, but now also on the women's side yeah. with what they're building. You have Alice Houston, who is one of the top amateurs okay. in the entire world on the women's side. So, so my guess is that probably from time to time, they needle you all a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, their culture's really changed a lot, too. And, I mean, they really have some great players now. They brought in four freshmen, and I think last week they played pretty well mm-hmm. with four freshmen in the lineup. And um, I think it's just, you know, they've kind of grown as a team. They've kind of, I think, looked on to kind of some of the stuff that we do and implemented it into their own ways, and it's
0: really helped them too. Larry Penley, just, just talk about how the influence that he is, and maybe is there a little bit of a recruiting story about how you ended up here at Clemson?
1: Yeah, I mean, Coach Penley's awesome. He, uh, you know, he's a guy I always looked up to in junior golf and stuff. He's kind of a face out there in South Carolina junior golf that everybody recognizes, and uh, when I was really young, you know, obviously I was a big Clemson fan, always wanted to go here. So, I mean, there's no big recruiting story behind it. You know, it was kind of my dream school, and it was cool that it worked out the way that it did. But um, Coach Penley's been amazing, and just the experience he has is so helpful on a daily basis. Just being able to
0: help me and everybody else on this team kind of learn and grow. You know, I don't want to describe Larry as the old school guy, but but he, I guess, I mean, you could say that maybe. The, and then there's there's Jordan, yeah. which is which is here. You know, yeah. and and I think that sometimes Jordan goes a little bit unforgotten of what he actually means to you all and, and to this program. Yeah, I mean, Jordan's awesome.
1: Coach Coach Bird's, um, he's completely different in some ways, and he's a lot the same in other ways. I mean, he's more of like the the technical side. He's, you know, he knows a lot about the golf swing. He knows a lot about chipping, putting, kind of everything with the game. And if you have questions, he helps you in a more detailed way. So if it's something that you really need to change, he'll help you. But Coach Kenley's more of like, he, he can put a Band-Aid on something. Mm. You know, if something's not just quite right at a tournament, he's got little fixes that'll fix it for the tournament. And then when we get home, we can fix it for real. But, I mean, both have their own things, and it's awesome, and they gel really well together. All
0: right. And then i got to ask you about Mom and Dad. I had the privilege yeah. <laughs> of meeting your folks uh, at the ACC Championships uh, last year. and. uh you know, I didn't get to meet them for a long time, but I could just tell knowing kind of getting to know you a little bit, there's a lot of them in you. I mean, I, I see a lot of mom and dad in you.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're awesome. They're I couldn't ask for anything better. They're the most supportive parents ever. They don't miss a tournament. They fly everywhere around the country to follow me and I love them so much. I'm so thankful to have them and uh yeah, I mean they're really they're really cool. My mom's super fiery kind of pumped up kind of little woman, you know, short, five feet tall, but you know, you don't mess with her. So she's taught me a lot about just confidence and just kind of how you carry yourself. And then obviously I've learned a ton from my dad and his experiences with golf.
0: Golf parents, I mean, I saw pictures on on social media of all the golf families that traveled with Mm -hmm. you all out to Arizona last week. And golf parents are, to me, they're a little bit like baseball parents because there's a lot of traveling that's involved and they seem to kind of congregate together and get along well.
1: They do. I mean, our our group of parents really get along really well. And, you know, I think it's the fact that they gel so well because they've all had the same experiences, you know, with us growing up traveling as much as we do. And so we all have a lot of the same stories. You know, you got the hotel stories and the restaurant stories and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think everybody kind of just comes together on that. And then also, you know, when we're gone, a lot of the time there'll be Clemson football games and that kind of stuff to watch together. So it really makes it special. All
0: right, let's, let's talk about what uh, has been your season so far. I, I have to go back to a practice round. You know what's about to come, yeah. I, come at you. I, I've got to go back to this practice round 59 that they shot up at the reserve uh, at Kiwi. I mean, it's a 59. I think that you were, I want to say you were 7-under through 6, I think is what the cards show, or either 6-under through 7, one, one, of the, one of the two. But to when you're in that was it just a zone that you're in and did you at any point did you start thinking about, Oh my gosh, I've got a shot at what is kind of the holy grail of golf. Yeah. I mean, it's kinda of one of those things in golf,
1: <clears throat> like right after it happened, we kinda of talked about it. Um, But it's one of those things in golf where you get out to a hot start like that early in the round and everybody in the group just kind of goes quiet. (laughs) It's uh, kind of like the no-hitter in baseball. Nobody says anything until like the ninth inning when it's about to happen. But um, that's kind of what happened is, you know, we didn't say anything. Everybody was super quiet in the group. And then we got to like number 15 on the back. And I think I was... 11 under, I needed to make two more birdies, and I birdied 16, and then everybody in the group kind of started to, you know, start chattering a little bit about, like, all right, like, if you birdie 17, you can shoot 59, and finally did. I birdied 17, and then it got real, and that was probably one of the more nervous 18th holes I've ever played in my life was, you know, we're out there just practicing, but I had to make par or else, you know, shoot 59, so...
0: And for folks that don't know, the 18th of the reserve from the back tees, from the yeah. pro tees, which I don't even think about uh, playing, that's a tough par for you. You got a, you got a, a bunker that's on the left hand side. It falls off to that side, so you know you can't miss it can't miss it left but you also can't miss it right because there's this bank and deep stuff that's over there deep nasty stuff so maybe the most difficult part that you ever had to make in your life yeah i mean it's tough that tee
1: shot's pretty intimidating you're hitting to a you know pretty narrow fairway and it's probably about a 265 carry over the bunker left and you got trees left and you miss right you got a long second shot in so yeah i mean it was it was a pretty tough hole to play when you're uh, in that situation
0: all right, you go to the uh, uh, to Dalton, Georgia, the farm, start things out with the uh, carpenter Classic there. Your first round is a 72. You know? it's a, it's just, I don't know what the conditions were like, but it seemed like everybody was at 72, 73 on the team. So you shoot that first round, but then all of a sudden you start to catch fire. Mm. Uh, was there something in that first round, though, that made you think, hey, my game is either right there where I want it or something is about to click.
1: Yeah, I mean, my ball striking that day, I actually hit the ball that day, probably the best I hit it all week, which is kind of strange, obviously, with the way the scores worked out. But um, that happens sometimes. I think I missed, like, one green the first day and then maybe, like, one fairway. I just couldn't get any putts to fall. But – um a lot of the time that gives you a lot of confidence because, you know, if your ball striking's there, all you got to do is figure out the putting. And I was able to do that the next two rounds, and it paid off.
0: Yeah, you come back with 69-65, mm-hmm. end up winning the uh, the individual title there. I think the team finished sixth. Is that is that right? Uh, I think we finished fourth at that okay. one. Okay. At bat- so, uh, you know, 69 sets you up in position. You know, okay, now I'm in a spot where I have an, an opportunity – but, but you know you probably have to go low, and you're able to post that number. It's got to do really good things for your psyche.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It it was really exciting to be able to do that. I mean, I think I was six shots back going into the mm-hmm. final round, and um, I actually accomplished the goal that I wanted to. I was under for the tournament, and I told myself when I teed off that if I could get it to double digits, that would at least give me a chance, and um, it really worked out well. I didn't think that that would actually end up winning. I thought that There were two or three guys at 9-under, so I figured somebody would take it a little deeper than that. But um, thankfully, nobody did, and I was able to get the win.
0: All right, so then you go to the Maui Gym in Arizona. It's hot as Hades. You're playing in like 100-degree weather uh, that's out there. You go 67, 63, 65. First round, I think you shoot that 67. You're still five shots back because some dude posts a 62 on you.
1: Yeah. I mean, that course was, um, was very scorable, especially the first round. There was no win the first day. And uh, out there, the wind is kind of like the protection for the course. And, um, yeah, so I played well, just not well enough the first day. And then realized that I probably had to go a little lower, kind of got a little more aggressive off the tee, hit a lot more drivers the next two days. And uh, the putter helped me out the last few rounds
0: yeah 63 on that second round and they always say that the most difficult to do is after you shoot a low number is to come back and shoot it again (laughs) but you did i mean a 65 you end up winning the whole thing
1: yeah i mean it was it was really cool it was um i didn't put a lot of pressure on my game the last day which was good and and by that just being that i had a lot of fairways and a lot of greens and it made it so that i wasn't scrambling for pars and then that also gave me a lot of opportunities for birdie coming down the stretch And um, I was able to make two coming in that helped me end up winning.
0: Now, and for people that know this, this weekend, y'all are headed right back out. You're going to go back to Texas. So, you know, you've got this traveling that you all have been doing here in a short, uh, the Nike Elite, uh, I believe, starts on Sunday uh, for you all. So just mindset for yourself and and for the team going into that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, our approach, especially for this week, as we talked about it yesterday in a team meeting, was just... We're gonna to try to do a really good job in the practice round um, of trying to learn the course as best we can, and especially you know with the freshmen and the sophomores who haven't played it before, trying to get them kind of acclimated and comfortable. And um, hopefully, I played it my fresh, freshman or I think freshman year, so hopefully I can you know share as much knowledge about it as I can with them, and we
0: can just try to focus on doing the best that we can as a team. Golf season obviously split in two, fall, spring. Is there a difference in fall golf than there is in spring golf? The reason I ask that is because spring golf, at the end of it, you're playing for the big trophy. You're you're playing for the big stuff. Is there a difference in your mind, though?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think every time we go out, we're trying to win, and we're trying to do our best as a team. But um, the fall is more trying to get our games in shape and try to see how we stack up against the competition. And... um, we can learn from the fall and get better over break and kind of prepare ourselves for the spring. So this time's just as important. We're still trying to win every week, but it's also kind of our growing experience
0: through the season. This team, I mean, is this another team that you feel like, hey, we put it all together, we can compete with anybody? Definitely. I mean,
1: we're, we're really young this year. I think I'm Me and Will are like the only two upperclassmen really that have been in the lineup. So, I mean, we're really young and really talented. Um, We've got two freshmen that are really, really good. They're already competing for time. Uh, Two sophomores that are also very good that are playing well. You know, Turk played great last year, and he's starting to play really well again this year. So I think for us it's just trying to get all the pieces together and get everybody firing at the same time. That's the problem with golf is just – it's hard to get everybody playing really well at the same time because golf just
0: kind of fluctuates up and down. You mentioned Turk. Uh, for people that don't know the, this backstory. story, Turk's playing unbelievable. Then his clubs get stolen. <laughs> right? and So talk about that marriage between a player and their clubs because it's a little different now. It's, you know, a baseball player can go through bats. football player just has a helmet. But golfers now, there is a marriage between you and those 14 sticks in that bag.
1: There is. I mean, you know, it's very detailed now. Um, The weight of the club, the length, the lie, the loft, all the different little specifications of a golf club. And we've actually done a lot this year on, like, writing down our exact specifications for every club in our bag so that in case something happens, we're able to order it and get the exact same club. And I think Turk kind of had trouble with that as we didn't have it written down. Clubs got stolen right before NCAA's and they go to order his new clubs and they don't know exactly what his, you know, specs are and he's had a tough time adjusting to a new set of clubs which is you know, it's unfortunate but um I think it's helped all of us actually learn how important it is to know like what we have in our bag and what we're doing.
0: Have, um, have you ever hit a persimmon-headed wood and a balata ball? That, that'll be kind of one of my last questions. That's that's what I grew up with. So the old days of actually hitting into the screws was hitting into the screws. Um, have you ever actually done that? I did. Yeah, my dad has a good good set of uh, old persimmons in
1: our garage, and it's honestly like the best feeling in the world to hit it right mm-hmm. in the screws of the persimmon. It's better than any club I've ever hit. It doesn't go quite as far, and it's a little
0: harder to control. But when you hit one solid, it's as good as anything. I will tell you, when I played back in high school and played a little bit in college, I still have an old European. I old European balls. My dad and I, we went over and played at St. Andrews in the late 70s uh, together. So I still have a couple of those that are are hidden away. Can I ask you, as I'm kind of wrapping this up, what about today's equipment? Because today's equipment is just so drastically different uh, than it was even just like 20 years ago. The fact that you can get things dialed in yeah. uh, so much. I mean, it and and just the science that's going into all this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's
1: really crazy how far they've come. Um, they've figured out how to, you know, make clubs go as far as they can, you know, turning lofts down. It's basically turned like a 7-iron into a 6-iron now and kind of hitting the ball farther, launching it higher. And um, it makes it a lot easier for us in a sense that, you know, we're able to hit the ball further and it's a little easier to control. But at the same time, it's really tough to figure out what fits you best because there's so many options. And so, you know, we're always bouncing around and stuff, and then we're kind of trying to figure out what's best for us by the time we get to the postseason. Because, you know, like I said, these tournaments are really important. We're trying to win, but they're also to prepare us for that postseason. So, um, We'll change clubs a lot we'll change shafts a lot but um just
0: the new technology made it to where we can really dial in exactly what we want finally there's a term in golf it's called scoring your ball mm-hmm. you've got to learn how to score your ball yeah. when you are doing that at at its best what what is what's the formula that helps you score your golf ball um for scoring the ball i mean it's
1: relies a lot on short game obviously you have to hit the ball really well no matter what and pretty much at the college level pretty much everybody hits the ball well um there's not a lot of guys that don't hit it well that play really well so that's kind of a normal thing but short game is kind of what separates in college golf the guys who are able to get up and down around the greens putt really well at 10 feet in and um those are things that we work on really hard because that kind of separates the field usually
0: it all does come down to putting. If you look who's who's pudding. winning on tour, who's winning at any event, they're usually top five in putting, and that yeah. usually just just does not change. All right, hey, uh, all the best to you. Thank you, Don. Can uh, Tiger Woods? Did you, Did you watch? Yeah. Did you? And are you? Uh, I'm going to guess. Are you a, a big Tiger fan? To see your guy? Huge, huge Tiger fan. I grew up watching him
1: when I was little, and you know it's hard not to get pumped up watching him come down the stretch. And uh, we were actually in the airport. We were about to fly back. Right before we got on the plane, somebody had it on their phone, and we got to we huddled up and watched it and group. we were pumped It was awesome. That was probably the coolest thing I've seen in a long time watching people run down eighteen fairway to watch them come in.
0: So. Yeah, I, I equate it to Nicholas in 86, winning yeah. uh, winning at Augusta and, so, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Hey, all the best to you. Um, you. Hopefully we can do this again in the spring. Yes, sir. But the best of you, go out. Let's let's see if we can make it three in a row uh, this great. week in Dallas, all right? Yes, sir. Thank you, Don. All right, there you go. Bryson Nimmer has been our guest here on the podcast. Don't forget, for everything Clemson Athletics, you can find it right at your fingertips at the official website of Clemson Athletics, clemsontigers.com. Everything from golf to football, tickets, football, basketball tickets. It's all right there at your fingertips. Hope that you will uh, make a visit to uh, there. For Bryson and Emmer, I'm Don Munson. Thanks for being with us. Go Tigers.